Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Everyone, welcome back to Absurdity, and this morning it is July 27, and Tony and I are recording a double header today, so this will be interesting to see just how well we we do here. But I I'm excited to talk about today's topic because uh, we're talking about why I'm so great, right? Like that's, <laughs> and I think it's about I can't time you named it that. I I, I just you named it that. I, you know why I don't know why we haven't been talking about this the whole show. Like this should just be a podcast called Why Ryan Becker is Awesome. That's Ryan is great. Yeah, exactly. Like I have my own. Th- I should have my own theme song. And you need a jingle at least, need- <laughs> at minimum. Maybe, maybe at I. Minimum, you need well, a, a jingle. I, I need to get paid more before I can have a jingle. That's that's true. That is true. <laughs> but you know what's great about this episode name is that uh, it's just why I'm awesome. But it could the I'm could be anyone. You know, it could be you, and 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 every person who reads it. Like when they read it in their head or when they read it out loud to themselves, because some people do that. I don't know who does it, but I'm assuming that someone somewhere does that. Then they're going to be calling themselves awesome, which means congratulations. If you've read the title of this episode, it's for you because you're clearly being prideful. Ah, that's see, that's a that's a good pastor right there. I just hold up a mirror and I let you see yourself. I just pictured you in front of a whiteboard, Charlie Day style <laughs> from... <laughs> And this is how they're going to be prideful. We have to. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how I operate. Easy. Um, I pulled a I pulled a, a fake conspiracy theory because a friend of mine apparently had like a dream where they saw me and they were like, oh, I, I hugged them and said I'm going to see them on the 22nd, right? Which was that day, which is probably why they, they dreamed that. And they were like, it was so weird. And I was like, well, hold on because N equals 14. And, D, and I did like this whole fake thing where it ends up being like five and then they're coming to the seminary in five months. So I was like, so you're going to see me in five months. And they just started, like, at the end, they started laughing because they're like, "What? this made no mathematical <laughs> sense until the very end. I was like, wow, that was, that was smooth. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's nice when people acknowledge how great you are, you know? Yeah, and and I think more people need to acknowledge how great we are. Nice like, segue. I just, Way to tie that thank in. Thank you. No problem. So let's... Okay, so we're talking about pride today. If that wasn't obvious enough, 
And this is, this is, I th- I'm pretty proud of this episode. Well, you're the one who suggested it, actually. So why don't you lead us in? <laughs> okay. You have the um, next 12 minutes. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about, uh, my class for a little bit. I'm doing a class right now called Revelation, Inspiration, and Hermeneutics. And it basically talks about the foundations that we use, the worldview, the lenses we use coming to the Bible and how God reveals himself to us and the different ways that people think about that. And inspiration is how that is communicated to the world. So God reveals himself to somebody and that person then is inspired to communicate that message. And how we understand that and how we communicate or how we how we interpret that is hermeneutics. And in this, it was it, we have to read a book that is basically the official Adventist view on how we do this thing, um, which like we've been reading this book a lot. And in it, one article by Frank Hosel talks about the importance of the Adventist hermeneutic and how we and how we interpret everything, um, because it's radically different. Um, just so everyone's aware, like if you're an Adventist, the way you think about the Bible and the way you read the Bible and just the, the foundations that you come from about like who God is, what he is, how he reveals himself is radically different from, from basically every other uh, like denomination. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but one of the big things he says, um, there's, there's like four distinct sins or parts of sin that keep us from being able to understand the Bible, read the Bible, and continue on in our faith. And the the first one, the biggest one, he says, is pride. And I read that, and immediately all these Bible verses that I'd read about, and and I just it brought up all these verses that we, you know, growing up that talked about pride. And I just realized, like, man, this is a major Achilles heel for us as a church because we talk about a ton of different stuff. Like, we talk about health message. We talk about prophecy. We talk about like all these things that nobody talks about. Um, and we're very hard on a lot of perceived sins. But one thing that we aren't hard on is pride. Like that's one of the only things that we really don't harp down on. Like we're very proud of the fact that we are Adventist. We're very proud of the fact that we have this, you know, even the, even my little comment about like, it's so cool. Like it is cool, but it's not like we're the only ones. Like a lot of people have very similar views. They just don't have it from an official standpoint. It's their own personal view. But, like, we're not taught as adults to, to get rid of pride. And so I was like, man, we need to talk about this. It's absurd that Dang we're not it. talking about this. I was going to tell you that I was so proud of you for getting through that whole thing without saying that, it was, that you <laughs> thought it was absurd when you realized it. Uh, you were you were so close, Tony. I was Literally, so the close. next words out of my mouth were going to be, I wow. I didn't want you to be proud of me. You did it. I didn't you want you to be proud it. of me. I was so impressed. I am the thorn in your flesh. Uh, so, which I'm going to talk about that verse. But yeah, so really quickly, Ryan, um, what is your definition of pride like? What is, like, obviously we can talk about the 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 um, dictionary de- definition, and I'm going to be looking that up. But like, what is your definition of pride? Before I answer, I just want to point out that this is the first time in recorded human history that you called me Ryan, and it's recorded. Like that's why I recorded human history. So congratulations. Did I yes, see that? You said Ryan, what's your definition of pride? It happened. That's weird. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I've known you for like seven years now. And this is the first I, I actually had a friend in Has it been only seven? Yeah. I had a friend in high school who who like 
learned my name or was introduced to me as Becker. And three years later, he hears someone calls me Ryan, call me Ryan, and he turns around. And he's like, who, "Ryan, who's who's Ryan?" And I was like, "I I'm Ryan." He goes, "No, your name's Becker." And like he was being dead serious. Like he had no yeah. idea that my first that name, your first name was <laughs> Ryan. You were yeah, like Pele. <laughs> he thought Becker was my first name. Go figure. He's the Becker. So, um, that would be a that would be the most German of first names ever. <laughs> What's your name? Becker von Alstenhausen. Yeah. Well, I did also find out another friend of mine works in a, a Becker County in I think uh, uh, some random state up north in the Midwest. I don't know what I forget which state, but yeah, he works in Becker County. So I think that that's makes wonderful. sense. A lot of Germans up there. Yeah. Um, all right. So a what is what Germans is pride? Um, all right. All of that time was buying me. Uh, all of that was buying me time to think of a definition, and I forgot to think of a definition. So I would. Uh, <laughs> so I would. Uh, pride in, in my mind is lifting yourself up, uh, to, um, lifting yourself up to, with an opinion of yourself that's greater than what, what you actually are basically an, an elevated opinion of yourself or belief in your own abilities and, and parts of yourself. And when I say elevated above normal, right? Like, I don't know that there's like a metric for, for like what specifically is normal. I think that metric is different. I think that line is different for everyone else, but basically overconfidence in your own abilities and your own person. And, and so, and, and because the line is so different, I think pride is really hard to identify. And I think it's misidentified a lot, but I, that's in simplest, in its simplest form. That's what I would say is overconfidence in yourself and your abilities. What would you agree? Disagree? I would, I would agree with that. Um, it's super broad. I was actually talking about the group of lions that come together, but yeah, that, that works too. No, um, like, okay, so Merriam-Webster defines it like this. Uh, Cheater. Self-esteem. Well, no, because like I want to talk about like how you were like. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Right. Inordinate self-esteem, conceit, um, reasonable or justifiable self-respect, delight or relation arising from some act, possession, or relationship. Um, a.k.a. parental pride, um, proud or disdainful behavior or treatment, ostentatious display, highest pitch. Um, yeah, so a showy or impressive uh, display. So, like, your your definition, I think, talks about it because we have one word for a very complex emotion. Um, I feel like that's one of the places where English tends to falls short within some of these emotional words. English tends not to be a very emotional word. Like, yeah, love. We're squeezed every. I love a car I and love, I love my wife. Like, there's a great scene from Anchorman where like they're all talking about like what love is, and and Brick the idiot kind of looks and is like, I I love you know he starts naming things in the office like I love desk, I I love chair, I I. Do you really love those things? I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp brick? Or are you just naming <laughs> things around lamp. here? I love lamp. I love lamp. Like, like he doesn't know what that really means. And, and yet he's like, no, I, I totally love this thing. And it's the same thing, I think, with, with pride. Like, we do the same thing where we talk about pride as though it's one definition. <clears throat> and we kind of fall into this universality um, uh, a fault where it's like no this means this completely every yeah. single time i don't think it does i think your definition is what we're talking about and that's what god is is not against i don't want to read into the hebrew of, of it and get like that deep or whatever but there's a specific word 
in Hebrew, and it doesn't refer to like the pride that you have for um, family or, or love. Like it's not a form of, of like love or adoration. It's definitely a form of like boosting oneself up. Um, and and I wouldn't know if it's I, I I wouldn't necessarily say it's always an overestimation. I mean, you could absolutely think that you are like you could be the best, but that pride. Well, I mean, is is still going to get you. So it's yeah. It's, I think it's, it's like I, I I should amend my definition a little bit, and also saying that I think it's an elevated sense of self importance, and that yes. like like that you like are the, more yeah. vital to something, or you play a bigger role exactly. in something than you actually do. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if you do, like you know, like you have some amazing athletes that they really can like carry an entire team on their shoulders, but even then, they are not bigger than the sport themselves. Yeah. Like that's one of the reasons why I love baseball is that baseball will humble you in a second. Like you get really prideful in baseball, and like something embarrassing or something horrible, like it's about to yeah. happen. And that's my view. Um, like baseball, you know, you think you have good taste in sports, and then you go watch baseball, and you realize, oh, I don't. Uh, but you believed it, and so you had pride until you watched a game of baseball, and then you realized, oh, my bad. You know, for a Chelsea fan, you're talking a <laughs> lot of smack. Right I'm now. a Bucks fan for the NFL. Do you think I get have any right to do anything this at all true. ever? No, this this is true. I just do it because I can't. Well, no, I, I the reason I say an elevated sense of self importance too is because, like, even in, in even in the area of salvation, believing that you can do enough that God won't love you or God won't yeah, save absolutely. you is a form of pride. It's not. It's it's and it's weird that such low self esteem or low self worth can be attached to pride, this idea that I'm not worth enough that God would save me or otherwise, but it's the belief that you, your abilities, your personhood, whatever, uh, is more important and more powerful than what God can do. And, yeah. and so that's why I want, needed to amend it, because that is a form of pride, yeah. though it's way more subtle, and it's not, I, I would, I, to some extent, I would believe that, or I would argue that it's not the exact same type of pride, necessarily, but I would, because you don't necessarily beat it the same way. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's true. And you have to attack it different ways. Okay. So then let's talk about like, you kind of alluded to it, but let's actually dive into that. Like, why is pride so harmful? Uh, because it's terrible. No, uh, because well, a, it affects your relationships, right? So I actually went through a phase in high school and I, I, to this day, I still maintain that I don't know I was doing it. Like, I don't realize I, I don't know what was going on. Um, and I, Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I really, like, it's hard for me to know for sure. But in high school, uh, because I was so involved on campus, because I did so much, yeah. then when I, I became I became known as uh, Mr. FLA at my high school, right? Like, I was that guy. Even at Southern, there are people who Mr. refer to... Mr. Flaw. There are, yeah, that was a thing. Uh, even at Southern, there are people that still refer to me as the Ryan Becker. Like, when my intern came, he was like, wow, everyone knows you. Why does everyone know you? Like... Um, and, and, and what would, ha and I remember one of my friends coming up to me, I had, I had in high school, I had really, I had three, uh, three really of my best friends, uh, two of them female, one of them male. And, and one of the female friends said to my male best friend, like, wow, you know, I would really date Ryan if he wasn't so prideful. And I was like, and, and he told me that. And I was like, well, A, I didn't want to date her at the time. So I was confused, like why that even came up. But B, I was like, when the heck did I get prideful? And then I realized that all these people had put these titles on me and I had accepted them, which is my fault. I had accepted them 
And what happened was it, it, it created a sense of pride that, that harmed yeah. my relationships. People didn't want to spend as much time with me. People saw it as unattractive um, in general. And I didn't even realize it, right? Like if I was being prideful then or if it was because of something cast on to me, I'm still not entirely sure because I found out way after that time period. But it was one of those things where it's still hard. Even the perception that I was being prideful harmed my relationships. So that's A. I think it harms your relationships um significantly and B I think it um I think it harms you. I think it I think it actually is dangerous because it can put you in a situation that you are very very unqualified <laughs> to be in. Um you, you know, you force yourself into a situation because you believe you can do it and then you find out that you can't and you um you end up hurting yourself and hurting others as a result. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting you bring that up because to me Pride is one of those rare sins. Every sin affects the vertical relationship, you know, your relationship with God. Um, every every sin does that. Um, but it's one of the rare ones that the vertical damage is not as obvious as the horizontal damage. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's insane. Because, like... It's a subtle it's to me it's it's harmful for different reasons of why it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous because it's like it's like a poison that slowly seeps in. Um, you know, gossip and, and pride are two of the only things that I see that don't get talked about and don't get noticed and they kind of fly under the radar. Um, and then all of a sudden you realize like it's killing you. Like it, it can kill a church, but it on the long game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like something big, <clears throat> a difference in like, I, I was in a church where one of the, the, the head elder's daughter, um, got pregnant out of wedlock and it was this whole big thing. And I ended up, um, kind of splitting the church a little bit, not in ways like people left the church, but it kind of divided everyone into like camps, how they reacted to it. And like, that's a big thing. But you can deal with it, like like it's there. It's open. It's an, and like, although my church didn't handle it well, it was it was like we handled it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, pride is something that you don't even notice it's there until all of a sudden you're like, why is everything so you know, terrible? Falling apart and dying and like I don't understand. And it's like yeah, and then, it's because well, and then pride blocks you from even realizing why. Yeah, like that's no, that's yeah. a, and and it you can't be playing, me. It has to be other. other it has to be other people. And, yeah, like it totally does, and it eats away. Same with gossip. Like gossip is the same thing where it just eats away, eats away, eats away. And um, like it's one of the things that God is like very serious about. Like He hates pride. Like He hates it. He hates it for that reason because it is so. That's why it's so dangerous. Why it's harmful to me, I think, is it blocks. Like you were saying. Um, yeah, you, it, it definitely does what you like. I agree with you. I think I would go even farther and say it not only puts you in a bad position because you you have that overestimation, but it even blocks your ability to do certain things. Like, for instance, in this book, Understanding Scripture, and I have it right here, so I could read the quote if I cared to. Um, so I'm I'm going to because because I have that ability. Um, so I, I will say that this, this is talking about pride. Um, Pride leads the interpreter. This is Frank Hazel, page 30. Pride leads the interpreter to overemphasize human reason or existential concerns as the final arbiter of what one should know, believe, and obey, and at the same time diminishes the divine authority 
and the inspiration of scripture. Um, and then, of course, he talks about, like Ellen White wrote about pride, and she goes, the sin that is most clearly hopeless and incurable is the pride of opinion, self-conceit. This stands in the way of all growth. And like all the other all the other things that block you from truly being able to read and understand scripture, like he goes on, like it's more than just that. That's, that's the final kind of um, paragraph on it. But like all the other things that, that block you, like kind of all trickle down from that or at least related to it. <clears throat> and it's crazy to me because like I would have put it up there. I wouldn't have put it as number one, but he's like, this keeps you from being able to connect to God because you all of a sudden put yourself in a higher place and say, no, I decide. And I said, how many people decide what the scriptures say instead of listening to God and don't realize it's pride? Yeah. Like pride not only puts you in that position, but it blocks you from, you know what I mean? Like it's this subtle, it's like this oil, this film that kind of covers like all of um, your controls in your life where you're not only able to control where your life is going, but you don't even know that something bad has happened because it's just this thin sheen that has come, come across. And so it's like, it's insane. It really is crazy that it does that. Is, and that's why to me, it's so harmful. Is Andrew dying in the background? Is that what's happening now? Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. He has his headphones in, so he doesn't realize. No, it's okay. I just, I was like, it sounded like someone was like opening a pantry or something. And then I realized he was actually sneezing or coughing or whatever. I'm like, so. I'm like trying and because to it happened attention. while you were talking, there's no editing it out, so it's it's yeah, in the episode. No, this now. is it's, happening. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, this is happening for real. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you. I do think that it 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 is like a film, and you don't necessarily see or feel it or know that it's there. And the the problem with this, I think, too, is because because it's so hard to identify, and this is the other reason I think pride is so harmful uh, because it's so hard to identify we've got we've basically jumped to two extremes either you're extremely humble to the point of hating yourself or you are being prideful right so we we're, we're so in we're yeah. so intent and i love the intention here right the intent here is to identify pride and get rid of it the problem yeah. is we misidentify it because we try and draw the same line for everyone and so it's either you have and, to be and, totally, and like said, totally hating you have yourself. One word for like a multi-spectrum, yeah, like a very complex emotion, and we have one word for it. We're like it's pride, yeah. And so if someone compliments somebody else. So I, I think it's important that we do identify. It. Yeah. Like, like a big thing in identifying it, I think is, <clears throat> does this emotion or act or concept? Does it put attention on you or does it put attention on God? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, okay, so are we talking within the framework of ministry? Yes. Then, yes. I mean... Then, yeah, I, I like it, to some it, extent... Within Christianity, let's say not just ministry, but like within Christianity. Because the reality is like, we can talk about pride outside of that, Where, but like... So if you're talking like just a Christian going about day to day, then yeah. no, I disagree with that. But okay. if you're talking about pastors and what we're doing, um, whether it's preaching or you know service, then sure. Um, if you're doing it for attention, then yeah, absolutely, I think that's wrong. Um, I I would say anytime, um, 
Because like your resume is meant to draw attention to you, <laughs> right? Like there's a lot of things that are, that are meant to draw attention to you. And, and, and as a result of drawing attention to you, on occasion, you can be drawing attention to what God is doing because God has done something in you. Don't get me wrong. I agree with the spirit of what you're saying, um, which is this. Okay. But uh, for me on a kind of a practical level, I, I have a, I do have some trouble agreeing with just the sentiment that, yeah, anything that's on you and not on God. Okay, yeah, I, I can see how that would take. Like, I don't mean completely. Let, let me rephrase that or or augment it. Anything that diminishes anybody else's uh, influence or or it completely puts it on you versus acknowledging um, the help that comes from other people. Yes. Okay, I'll Whether agree that with is that. God yeah. or yeah. or people underneath you. You know, it's like a boss that, um, you know, wins an award and, or an athlete, let's just put it that way, like an athlete, a high school athlete or whatever that wins an award and even though they were the star player or whatever, doesn't acknowledge the other teammates, doesn't acknowledge the coach and it's just like, I deserve this, I totally earned this, like I threw the no-hitter, I hit the home run, I did all this without acknowledging the fact that there were, if nothing else, they didn't do it on their own. Like there were other people. There were, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Things happen. Yeah. I, I okay. So I'll agree with that. Um, basically, I I think it's just it's just a really hard line to draw in my mind within the realm of Christianity because there's just so many it different things. Sure. Um, that's yeah. why it's easier for me to draw that line in ministry. Um, but, plus that's what we know. Well, plus the the hard thing too is then so so how do you actually identify pride in others and yourself in 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 saying like. Like the hard thing is, okay, so I say anything that puts me in the place of God or anything that doesn't acknowledge the help I receive from others. Okay, so when am I doing that and when am I not doing that? Um, like what are the identifier? what are the actual yeah. identifiers rather than the principle? And that's harder for me um, because once again, I think that line is, I think those identifiers are different for yeah, no, it really every is. person. Um, but no. I think it's a good, I think it's a good question to ask, like what are the identifiers of pride in me? Where am I not acknowledging that I have received help? Or where have I not acknowledged that? Or where have I? Where am I not acknowledging that that I am receiving help, or that I'm not doing this on my own, and that there's something greater at play? Or where do I think that my role is more important than that of someone else? Where do I believe that 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 person shouldn't be working here or in this class, and and I should, um, because I do way more than them, or whatever else? Like, where am I letting my belief in myself um, shut out other people? And I think that for yeah. pri- I think pride for me is shutting out other people. I think that's what pride does. I think it shuts out other people and does not let them in uh, because I believe that I don't need them or I don't need whatever they provide. Yeah, that's good. I I think a good way also to kind of target it. Like I I agree with you that it needs to be in- <clears throat> intrinsic recognition. Like one of the ways you fight it is you just have everybody like tell people to take a step back and look at their own life, like self-examination. I think that that's like, it's hard for me to identify and be like, you're being prideful. Um, <clears throat> I can say you're being arrogant, um, which I've been accused of that um, many, many, many times, uh, mostly because I'm just smarter than people. Um, that was, you were supposed to laugh at that. That was a joke. Okay. I laughed. Um, Everyone, I laughed. I just edited it out. I edited it, the laugh out. <laughs> That's what I did. 
Um, so <laughs> you would too, just to make you look like an idiot. Um, no, like, like I can tell when someone's being arrogant, but I can't tell when they're being prideful because pride can also be an intrinsic thing. Um, like, like those people kind of saying like, oh, wow, he's so prideful. I think that's a misnomer. Like, I don't think, I don't necessarily think you were being prideful. I think that's something that you have to know. It's an internal measure. But by the same thing, I think you can flip the script and say, are they being humble? And I think you, it's much easier to define whether or not someone is humble. You know? Well, and and that's um, the difficult thing as a pastor. Like, right, I started this podcast and my name's on it. Do you have know? Do you know how many people think, have thought that I'm arrogant for doing this, um, or right, thought yeah, that I'm like, I'm yeah. prideful for having a Facebook page about it or a website about it? Um, but then there's but then it, there's arrogance that's like a joke because I have a website. I need to go reactivate it. But there's a website I have called isryanbeckerwright dot com, and it just is a picture of a chessboard. Of a of a of a king being knocked over, and it just says yes, um, and that's fake arrogant. Like that's fake pride. Like I don't actually believe that I'm always right, but it's just a fun right. joke to to play on people. But there are people who do believe that, and that's the thing is, it's like humility to me is acknowledging others' contribution. Like what you said, like like it's much easier to be like, oh, dude, that that dude, he's always so humble. Like it really isn't a, a humble brag. Like he really is a modest guy. Like like he always acknowledges and and lifts other people up and edifies them and um you know encourages other people like even when you were saying like what my greatest talents are and focusing on yourself you can do that without being prideful and being like this is what i'm good at yeah um and that's the difference is like i'm not using this to 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 define my self-worth and i think that's really where it comes from is like my self-worth doesn't come from my accomplishments or my talents or my gifts yeah and i'm fully willing to acknowledge that yes i am very good at these things a, because God gave them to me. B, because a lot of people have helped me through that. Um, but I am also good at these things. Like, without without saying, like, oh, I'm not really, like, without being self-disparaging, which is not humble, by the way. <laughs> um, that's not humility. Yeah, it's not. Um, putting yourself, hum, Humility isn't putting yourself down. Humility is putting others ahead of you or acknowledging them. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. Um and that's to me where where pride comes in. Pride is it it puts either yourself ahead, or it it diminishes what other people's, you know, uh, it diminishes any other contributions. Well, and it it puts your self worth, and it ties your identity in. And that's a, to me like the biggest thing. Like so much of pride is wrapped in identity, and that's why I think as a, as an administrator, like we we tend to, like I'll give you a perfect for instance, as pastors. Um, one of the things that we're told, thankfully not in, I was taught differently, but like one of the things they're told is when someone comes up because the Messiah complex is real as a pastor, like you, you definitely get a God complex, not in the sense of like, I am Jesus, but definitely in like, you are the only, you know, you really are the person that's running this. You are really the, per- yeah. you know, you, you, you really are all that. Um, and so you are taught to say, Oh, praise God. You know, someone comes up and compliments you on a sermon or on a, an event that did well, you're, you're, you're supposed to deflect it, quote unquote, and say, praise God. Um, well, hold on. Before we jump into this point, there's yeah. one thing I want to make about identifying pride real quick. Yes. Um, which is, 
that I really don't think we should be trying to identify pride in people that we haven't been given accountability or permission oh my to, gosh, to be, hold yes. accountable, right? Like, Please, I don't think I should be trying to that. find out if David Ashrick or if Doug Batchelor or someone is prideful. I think that's the role for their best friends and their family to play, right? Like, I you can, you can disagree with somebody, yeah. And again, like, I think you can say that they're arrogant, yeah. But, like, but I, as prideful. far as far as identifying pride, like, I think that's something that's that's reserved for your friends. And I think we would be doing a lot better if we were identified. And, and here's the thing: if you can't take criticism, and if you can't accept. Uh, if you can't accept accountability from anyone, then that's a sign of pride in yourself. I think, like that's a, that's a way you can look at yourself and say I'm being prideful. I wanted to make that point before we jumped into the praise God part because that actually is on our episode outline. <laughs> Dude, it's so interesting that you brought that up because one of the th- reasons why I was really turned off from doing archaeology full time, um, and I, and I still might. I don't know. Like I'm I'm not planning on being a pastor forever, um, but <clears throat> one of the reasons that I really one of the things that I don't like about it is how like prideful these these archaeologists are um like a lot of them they really are it's like ladies you're you're both pretty can we get to the facts <laughs> like sometimes half of these articles are literally just bashing other people and being like they're wrong see how i wrote this and you're wrong it's a, and like when you cite your own stuff more than other people like that that's kind of arrogant like that's there's like so much pride and it really is that they cannot take any criticism. Anybody that has a view that's different than theirs or whatever is a hundred percent completely different wrong. Instead of saying, Hey, maybe it's, maybe it's both, maybe it's whatever. Like instead of acknowledging other people and having their like being like, man, this guy's like a really good archeologist. Like, I think it's awesome that he came up with this. I disagree with him, but yeah. And, and here's why. But I think that, you know, we have to look at this and take it in, in valid points. They're like, this guy's an idiot. This guy sucks. His <laughs> mom is the ugliest. And I'm like, dude, seriously? I feel like we're, I'm in the seventh grade again. And, and it really, like, it, it, it's a major, it was a major turnoff for me to have to read some of these articles. And I'm not just talking about, like, modern guys. I'm talking about, like, go back to the, tw- you know, 19th century yeah. type of stuff. Like, well, okay. So question, like, clarification question, because... Up until this point, you haven't been using. You've been saying that pride and arrogance are not being are not used interchangeably, but you just use them interchangeably. So, so okay. question. So, can arrogance, we can we differentiate just for clarity's sake? Arrogance is the outward display. Okay, Someone there we go. Okay, so arrogant. that works. That works. Okay, it, it, and and pride is internal. Okay, then I'm cool um, with that. I just wanted to make sure, like we're because that I guarantee you, someone is confused. About yeah, that. arrogance and bravado. Like arrogance is Conor McGregor <clears throat> swaggering into. A, a USC, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that's arrogance. Absolutely. Okay. Pride, pride is internal. Whether or not he feels pride in himself, and he's just putting on a display, that was an arrogant display. Like I can objectively say this was arrogant. Yeah. However, it could also be just bravado. Like bravado is empty arrogance. Arrogance inf- infers that there's pride behind it, but bravado is just yeah. Like, so like the title of this episode is arrogant, but it's not. But it might not be but pride. Yeah. Okay. So we're good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let, and it, it's both. Like, and that's why a lot of people. I think a lot of people, because usually they're connected. I think a lot of people assume that, not realizing that most people who are arrogant actually have a very low self esteem and are do not have a lot of pride in themselves. Um, and some of the more quiet people tend to be the most prideful. Yeah. Um, 
not always, obviously. There are some people who really are that big and arrogant and they're blowhards, but like that, that is not always the same thing, which is why, again, you really, you're on, the only people that you can let in are the people that sh- are close to you, which is why I said, like, that's what disgusted me with archaeology because it was like, dude, you have not, do you not have anybody in your life willing to step up and be like, dude, just shut up? Like, what are you doing? Like, Somewhere along the line, somebody should have like smacked you, you know, across the back of the head. And yeah. Just been like, "Stop it, stop it! You sound pathetic." Um, so, okay, so yeah. So let's in. jump back into praise God. Jumping into that, that kind of praise God. Like, a, have you experienced that, Becker? And B, like, what are your thoughts on every that? time, man? Every single time, and it's actually the worst. After, like, so here's the problem with it, right? So there's this expectation that if you say thank you, or if you say um, you know, I really appreciate you coming up and telling me whatever after someone says great sermon or great job or something. Um, the expectation is that you'll say praise God. And if you say thank you, if you say something else, then they're going to assume that you're being prideful and not, and not acknowledging God's role in what just happened. And I can understand that logic, right? Because I think there are preachers and, and pastors who've done that. I think there are people in ministry who've done that and who do that. The... The problem is, and this is where I talked about earlier about the two extremes, they basically, like this, this, this model jumps to the low side of uh, the, the, the poor extreme, which is saying that you have to be so humble you take yourself out of the picture completely. And that in itself, I think, is, is, it's not a form of pride in that like we're trained to say praise God by other people, so I don't think it's necessarily like we actually believe this. I think it's, I think it's bravado, I guess. Um, but it's this idea that like, I think you're not acknowledging God if you're not saying thank you. Because by saying thank you, you're saying that God has given me some ability or God, is, God has allowed me to do this. And, and you could argue that saying praise God is the same, but it's not. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I just don't think it is. I think saying thank you is acknowledging, well, A, it's accepting, like, I put a lot of work into this. Yes, God ultimately worked and convicted someone, but ultimately, like, if I say thank you, then I'm saying that then I'm acknowledging that and I'm letting them know that I put a lot of work and effort into this. And I think it's insulting to make someone say praise God and not and not acknowledge them for the work that they've put into something. So that's that's A. Um B, I find I find this incredibly um I find this rears its head the most when you preach a sermon that someone doesn't agree with. Um because they're looking for some way to discredit the information you've just put out. And if they can find some character flaw that discredits your argument, then they will latch on to that, right? So a couple of weeks ago, I yeah. preached my very first yeah. sermon that made someone walk out. They stood up, yelled out loud, and then stormed out of church in a 300-person church. I was guest preaching. It was a big milestone for me. Very exciting. Um, and it's 2018, and it was about music. Take that for what it's worth. So I had this happen, and luckily I've never talked to the guy. But I guarantee you, if he came up to me afterwards, he'd let me have it. And if I didn't say, hey, thanks for letting me, you know, if I didn't say, um, if I didn't say praise God or something to the effect of this wasn't me or this, you know, if I acknowledge that this was me to someone like that, then they're immediately going to discredit and know that they should not believe what I've said and not even let it sit and kind of marinate. They'll just accept that I was wrong because I'm a bad person. I mean, you are a bad person, but that's separate. Yeah, from exactly. The fact that's totally that, separate, yeah. right? If the Holy Spirit moves, oh, they, you can't they, tell that by what I said. <laughs> your argument is valid, Your Honor. However, <laughs> I would like to point out that the evidence presented does not lead to this fact. 
Um, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's interesting. I, <clears throat> like, for me, we we tend to not acknowledge facts in the Adventist church sometimes. Like, I think we're too, we, we, we're too, we err on the side of caution. So rather than have a performance, we, we neuter our worship so that we, we couldn't have any pride or arrogance in it. But then we're very prideful about how we only, like I've had people legit be like, oh, my church only does hymns. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I am so sorry for you. Like I, <laughs> I love the hymns, but I'm like, you're missing out on an entire generation you, like, of, of yeah. handcuffing yourself. Like the hymns okay, were once contemporary. So you you appreciate bar songs? I don't know. Like Danny boys in there. Like Danny boys in the hymnal. This is not about music. However, the fact that you would be prideful about that, like to me, is like okay. So you don't really understand anything, and it really is the point where it's like. You you have to earn people's trust to be able to to acknowledge facts. Sometimes, well, to me, it just feels like and, we we're forcing people to accept some false humility. Like we're creating yeah, we're creating false yeah. humility, and, and and we don't really we don't really are we don't really understand that concept. And to me, again, I go back to that's why it's such to me it's such a a weak spot for the Adventist Church because we don't really know. We, we don't really understand what pride is. Because here's the other thing. He talks about this later on in the book. He talks about the fact that, like, pride keeps us from being, from being able to see what God is trying to tell us. And I see so many times people on both sides of the, the um, liberal conservative spectrum um, have so much pride that they can't see what God's trying to tell them. And, and in fact, he, like he, there's a whole section, um, he calls disobedience, but really it's just, it's a, an inflection of pride where you willfully like read something that God's trying to tell you. And you're like, no, that's not what it means. And you move on. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like a huge part of pride. Like where the pride keeps you from being able to obey because you're like, God can't possibly mean that I decide what God says and doesn't say. And he's like, no, you need to be able to read the Bible and be like, all right, God says this, and so I'm going to do it. And it's like, yeah, to me it's the same thing replied in reverse, where it's like God did something amazing, and he used you to do that. Thank you for allowing him to do that. You know, like I want to appreciate the fact that you put time and energy so that God could use you. And instead of allowing people to to be acknowledged about that fact, we're like, no, 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 no. Don't ever put it on yourself, which, again, is why I, I, I'm glad you made me redefine what I said because – that's the idea. <clears throat> I have no problem saying thank you. Like when people come up, I'm like, thank you. I put a lot of work into yeah. that. Um, you know, whether it's a song, whether it's whatever, like I say, thank you. Um, which is interesting because in, in, in Spanish, the phrase you're welcome is actually the nada, which means, uh, Oh, it was nothing. And I actually don't like that. Um, like I say, Oh, it fue un placer. Uh, you know, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to do this because I still did something. Like I'm not discounting 
what I did for you or what I did, but it was a pleasure to do it. It wasn't, it wasn't a burden to work. I will tell people when it is a burden. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I, from the pulpit, I've said, this was a hard one guys. This was, this was, I really searched for this one. Um, Cause there's some sermons that really just fall together in your lap and it's amazing. And you can always study more. I think this is the other thing that people don't realize about sermons um, with the good ones you never feel like you can study it enough. Like the sermons that you work the hardest for are often the ones that you have the least amount of material for. The ones that like you have the most material for, like it falls in your lap. Yeah. Like everything just clicks together and you're like, I just want to study this for years. Like I'm going to make an entire series about this. And so I will tell people from the front, like this is a great one. Like I have so much material that I wanted to, but I couldn't. And then the other ones, I'm like, this was hard people. Like I had to mine and I came up dry for a long time for you people. So sit down. Like this is 45 minutes and you will enjoy all, you know, <laughs> but, but like you like, and, and, and to acknowledge that fact that I had to work for it that I had to really, really sit there and grind and go through these biblical studies and find words that didn't mean, and, and it goes nowhere. To to have somebody come and appreciate that does not make me great, as long as I acknowledge the fact that every sermon comes from God. Some I have to work a lot harder for, usually for my benefit. But when I stop acknowledging that fact is when I get into trouble. This was interesting. I had... The only time I've ever been arrogant and and not and and had a pride issue. God killed it early for me. I was fifteen. I'd just come back from doing an evangelistic series, and I was asked by a church in Tucson, uh, which is a couple hours from Phoenix where I lived. Um, <clears throat> I was asked to do Pathfinder Sabbath, right? And God had to be laughing because I was like, "Oh, I got this!" Like immediately, they were like, "Oh, could you do?" And I was like, "Yeah." How much time do you need? They're like, 15 minutes." I'm like, Psh, "I could do 15 minutes of my sleep. I just preached two hour long sermons in Guatemala. Like this is great." So I go and prepare 15 minutes worth of material, which realistically was only five minutes worth of material that I was going to embellish, right? And I could literally feel God going, "Okay." So I get down there, and I've never had this happen. If you've ever done a Pathfinder Sabbath, you know they. They always go late, right? Like, did you guys do Pathfinder Service at FLA or? Nope. Growing up, you guys didn't do that? Well, okay. I mean, if we they did, I wasn't late. involved with it. Right, for sure. Okay. They always go late. Like, there's always, yeah. it's always like an hour past, and you're just like, this is too much. This one sped through. So about halfway in, the director comes to me and goes, um, we're going a little bit faster. Do you think you could go for like 20 minutes? And I'm like, huh. Okay, yeah, I can do 20 minutes. So I, I'm just like stretching at a couple of things. By the end, I like it ended like 45 minutes early. So I had like 45 minutes with 15 minutes worth of material. I got up to that sermon. Dude, I, my knees were shaking. Like I thought I was going to fall. I had to grip the podium in a death grip. And it's and it's it's a clear one, so everyone can clearly see like my white knuckles clenching. I started sweating. <clears throat> I sweat a lot. I started sweating to the point that people thought I was sick. They thought I was not okay. Um, I I I had a basically I had a panic attack in front of three hundred and fifty people um, as a fifteen year old. <laughs> wow! And and immediately I knew exactly why. It was like I had this immediate impression as soon as I was finished, God goes, 
okay, so you think it was you? And I was like, uh-uh. And he goes, okay, so we're not going to do that again, are we, Tony? <laughs> so he killed that really easy for me, like really, really early. But I, I know whenever I get up there, I remember that. Like I vividly remember that Sabbath because every time I go out to preach, I just a little, you know, I'm just reminded of that. And I just go, this is totally God. Whether or not I put in a ton of time, whether or not I kinda, it kind of happened at the last minute, like every sermon it's totally from God because I know the minute that he decides to take that from me, the minute he is not involved, I'm going to fall on my face because I've experienced it. Well, see, and that's what I, I don't know that I agree with every sermon comes from God though, because I don't think we're prophets. I think we have a prophetic voice, but I don't think we're prophets. Like, no, like, no, 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 no. I, but God, the Holy Spirit works with I you. I mean, sure. Like, to find but that, I, like he illuminates the. But script. I really hate like the prayer that says, "Lord, let let my words be yours, not my own." And other words, like we're putting we're putting an authority into our own words that isn't always there. Because like when we, for me, this is this is me, right? Like I'm talking about me. Like I I just don't like, I don't like saying every sermon comes from God because there are sermons I preach where I'm like, no, <laughs> that was terrible. Why did I even why did I even try to, to preach that? Um, and the assumption that 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 yeah, let 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 Ryan's words be God's and not his own, or or anything like that, like that that's just that. Tro- I I think we're removing human error too, or human influence too much from it. Um, I let me put it this way: I think that any sermon that provokes life change, um, and any part of a sermon that's correct is from God. Um, but I'm I'm wary of saying the whole thing is from God, and maybe that's just an agreement okay, in yeah, semantics. I'd, I'd acknowledge that. Uh, maybe that. Th- I, th- I think, yeah, we're... we're I think we believe the same thing. It's just the way we communicate yeah, but I think we're just splitting yeah. hairs. I don't think the whole sermon comes from God. Absolutely. Um, and I would also say that I have met a lot of arrogant preachers. I mean, I... And they yeah. use that as a smoke Yeah, screen. absolutely. Um, and I'm like, oh, I, <clears throat> there are major names in this church that I'm sure if I named them that you guys would be like, oh, wow, that I... Like, are horrible theologians. And actual theologians acknowledge that, but they are very popular because they're good storytellers, but they are extremely arrogant preachers, and they say things, and there's a weight to their... St- and I'm like, <laughs> that's not even a little bit true, because um, <laughs> I know the people who are the scholars in that thing, and they disagree with you. And But but at the same time, I think that any good that comes from it is from God. And I think that there's a, quite a bit of interpreting that happens between my lips and other people, because there have been sermons I've bombed and people come up and like, I've that was amazing. Thank you yeah. so much. And I'm like, wow, holy cow. And that's why right. I say, that yeah, God covered God. whatever happened up there. But at the same time, I think that also happens when I do, and when, my best sermons, that same thing happens. Yeah. I think God just doesn't have to interpret as much yeah. in between. But I would also say, yeah, like any error comes from me. I mean, that's yeah. the part of, insp- like, that's that's why this class has been so cool because it talks about, like revelation inspiration and why God did it the way he did it because yeah, he worked with faulty humans. Yeah. Well, the fact that it's not his words, it is my words is pretty cool because he could have chosen to just like, like some sort of weird, um, uh, uh, what was it? The the courage, the cowardly dog, you know, just, Oh, just take over me. And, you know, literally like a recorder. And he doesn't do that often. I, I did have, I will fully acknowledge I had an experience in my life where I was preaching and I was saying things and I like, I was talking, like I was in control, quote unquote, but I was connecting why I was saying things after I said it. 
I have had experiences where it really was like God was literally preaching. Um, but those are very preaching and public speaking for me are very out of body experiences. Like I'm sitting there like preaching and saying everything I'm saying and going through these, like these like complicated theological things while thinking about the sweat drop that's going down my back. Like that scene in Billy Madison where they're watching the pickles race down the window or like, I'm thinking about, oh, I haven't paid attention to this side enough or this side enough, or I need to pick up this or whatever. Like there's, you know, there, yeah. there were times I'm preaching this, this super deep theological concept and I'm like, I need to do my laundry tonight because I don't have clean clothes. Like <laughs> it's just crazy how weird that is. Did I leave the stove uh, yeah, on? Yeah, for real. Yeah, um, it really is not about It but, really is crazy. But yeah, like I think that's the whole thing about when it comes to like pride is like, is this something that is going to... Like when people come up and talk to me, I'm acknowledging the fact. And again, I go back to this is why it's not all God's words, because if it was just God's words, praise God would work. I'd be like, that totally wasn't me. And there have been times where they've said things and I'm like, that's great. I'm so glad for you. I'm so happy for you. Like, I'm glad that that happened to you, but that's not what I said. Um, So I, I do acknowledge those times as well. But like to me, if it was only God's word, and not me. If all I did was go up there and read the Bible, I could say, "Well, praise God," because that wasn't me. Yeah, but it is well, me. So I like I acknowledge, and that's that. where that's where like right. If someone comes up to me and says, "Pastor, you've been preaching here for two years, and it's you know it's your preaching that has really made me the things that you've talked about and things they really want to make me they've made me decide that I want to get baptized." I don't say thank you. I say praise God there because God is the one who converts, and it's acknowledging yeah. God's role in that. But if someone just says, yeah. "Hey, good sermon today," I'm like, "Hey, thanks. I really appreciate that," and praise God that you got a blessing out of it. Um, I think there's room for both. I don't think it has to be either or. I just don't it like isn't. the forced oh, yeah. false humility that we put on people. Like I, I just that no, really absolutely. bugs me because it'll mask it'll mask pride. People will use that as a mask for pride, and it's like no, acknowledge the fact that you did something. There's nothing wrong with that, and thank them and say, well, thank you for acknowledge. Like that made me feel good. I appreciate that. Um, this extends saxophone. I think that's why God you know, you're it. playing saxophone or piano for special yeah. music. You're singing. No, absolutely. It's like, this no, is, I worked hard. I practiced for years to get to the point that I, I was. I think the AV people. Yeah. Do I think God works through the AV people? Yeah. But I go because it's a thankless job and I thank them because they're putting in effort. Well, then it's not a thankless job, think... Tony. It's a no, thankless job if I don't do it. If I don't do it, it is thankless. It is without the thanks. But like, that's the reality is like. There, there. Anybody who does anything, like, and, and to me, every good and perfect thing comes from God. Like every good and perfect, thing, like you see something that's awesome, like it's a proof of the Lord. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you can also acknowledge people's skills and talents and be like, dude, that was awesome. That's why, like, I don't have an issue clapping. <clears throat> like a lot of people are like, I don't like clapping. Everybody to pride and everything. And I'm like, no, I can acknowledge that they did a really good job. Like when someone say, and it speaks to me, like I'm. I'm acknowledging what they did. And that's the whole thing. It goes back to that false humility of, well, I don't want to do that because it, it promotes mm-hmm. the person there. And saying amen doesn't. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, just because I veggie swear doesn't mean you're not thinking about the real thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. But it's like, it's it. yeah, God used somebody. God works with people. Um, Like, it's fine to acknowledge yep. somebody and be like, you did a really good job. The difference is like, and that's to me, that's the thing is it's internal. Like how you fight pride is by having everyone take a step back and be like, hey, let's look at this. Is this something that's preventing us from being able to move forward with God? Mm-hmm. And and that's an internal thing. You like you that's how you fight it. Absolutely. 
I think that I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, we see examples of Paul doing that. We see examples of others in Scripture doing that. Like, I, I would definitely agree. And I think the other Just, the other way of fighting pride is actively looking for opportunities to acknowledge the role that others play in your life or play in whatever happened, um, whether it's work, whether it's a you know church service, whatever, but actively seeking out. Like, one of the things I always do, the same way that you thank AV people, is I walk up to the ladies who prepare potluck every single yeah, Sabbath, and yeah, I'm like, no, thank absolutely. you so much for doing this because I, A, don't want to, but B, um, I couldn't do it without them. Like, it doesn't happen without them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think also a huge part is transparency. And I know that this is this is a millennial Gen Z thing, but transparency is so huge. Talking about Paul, one of the biggest statements to me that I love is the, the Thor in the flesh from, from Corinthians. Um, Paul talks about this. He goes, man, I had this thing <clears throat> to keep me from being prideful. God deliberately put, like, he let this, you know, demon basically, um, like, torment me. And I prayed to him three specific times to get rid of it. And God's like, no, no, I'm not going to get rid of it because I need you to remember that I am the one that's in control. So you're going to be weak. A lot of people think that was um, his, his eyesight. I think personally it was his temper. Um, because I have bad eyesight and a temper. And I can tell you if I don't have my glasses or contacts in, I can still minister to people annoying. Yes. But when I lose my temper, Ooh, I hurt people. And so I know that whole, I know you do. Won't you shut up, Parker? Um, so like to me, when I read that, I go that the fact that Paul was so transparent about it and said, like, that's a huge statement. I mean, think about that. This is Paul. Like, this dude, if anyone had a right to be prideful, again, it's him. And he's the same and dude who wrote that. in Philippians. Like, he says let that. this, yeah, like, let this same mind to be in you. If anyone had cause to, to be perfect, like, it was me. I was a golden boy, and yet I model myself after Christ, who, who was the perfect being, and yet came down and humbled himself to earth. Like, that's who I want to be like. And and when Paul says that, he goes, yeah, and God is constantly reminding me. Like, he's letting me know. And I think that's another thing, how we fight it personally in our lives is being completely transparent and open about our flaws and not fearing and being like, all right, well, somebody's going to judge me about this and be like, okay, well, then I lose my job as a pastor. But I'm going to be open and transparent about this because I am not going to let this fester and just build up in my mind and be like, no, I have flaws. And here... <clears throat> To a, like be discretionary. I don't think from the pulpit you should be like, I struggle with, you know, whatever. But like don't don't air your dirty laundry is what I'm trying to say. But be open and transparent about your struggles. And that will help so yep. much with your pride. So let's let's um, let's do an exercise that flies in the face of everything you just said and let's name a flaw. Um let's do it. Right? I know we did I'm we did air something my dirty laundry. Yeah, right we now. did something similar I to this struggle on the Patreon really episode, hard. but I think this is Yeah, we did. I struggle really hard. Um, not not to hate you. I got to be honest. That's a hard one. A lot of people struggle with that. Some people don't. The because I want to hate you so bad. Yeah, some people can't. don't struggle with the desire to not hate me. They they you know they the temptation to not hate me. No 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 no. They don't struggle with that at all. They don't even have the temptation. They just fully embrace <laughs> a life of hatred just, towards me. 
And I respect them for yeah. it. I absolutely you know, respect the people you, you that can say I give, hate you to my face. You have to give props to somebody that just is willing yeah. to to just because it's commitment. Like you have to commit. Yeah, to that. absolutely. No. Okay. So what really? What is a? Uh, or I can go first, um, and you can think of a flaw if you want. All right, go go go. Um, I, one of my biggest flaws is uh, uh, insecurity, and I actually just mm. preached on this, but uh, a little bit uh, differently. But yeah, my insecurity that comes from being growing up as the son of people who are sort of high profile in the Adventist church in my area, um, in high school, in middle school, whatever, in college even, uh, there were times where it felt like I got opportunities because of who my parents were. And, um, and that, always, that, uh, that has always put an, an even bigger pressure on me to perform well, to do well, to not mess up. And so when I do mess up, it hurts even more. And it is that because I feel like I didn't earn it, I don't deserve it, whatever. And so insecurity is huge for me because it's being confident. I lack confidence in my own ability or, my, or who I am. Um, I lack confidence in that because of how many people have even come up and told me like, you, you know, that's not fair that you get this opportunity because of who so-and-so is and, or who, you know, and they discredit anything that I've done to earn or, or the, all the hard work I put into it. And then I'm driven to work even harder to make up for it and overcompensate. And at the end of the day, I just feel like crap about myself. So that's one, that's one of my flaws. That's one thing that I actually really like, that's a day-to-day struggle for me. Hmm. I think mine's similar. We had very we we grew up in very similar uh ways. Um so I had that same pressure. My mine mine is quitting. That's a big flaw. Like if I don't think <clears throat> I will be able to finish a product to the level that I should, whatever that is, I will I will quit and I'll just be like, ah so like I'll leave like half um I have this this current thing called the James project that I'm working on and it's um Kind of like a, a 30 day challenge um, to go through the book of James. Like the book of James can roughly be divided in, in 30 uh, sections. And so um, I'm working on it and I'm coming up with these different things and these spiritual lessons to gain from each of these sections. And, and I just felt like I wasn't doing as good a job and I felt like it wasn't coming together. And so I just quit. Like I have all the material just sitting around Um like that I've put all this work and effort into, but I didn't think I was going to do it. So like, I just, I just was like, eh, forget it. And I do that. Like I realize, um, like, I think it's, it's, it's that emotional security of having that fallback option in your mind of like, well, I could totally do that if I put full effort in, yeah. it. but I just, you know, I, I didn't, <clears throat> that's why it failed. Instead of being like, no, I failed. I'm buying you a new throat for Christmas. Please do. Um, I'm feeling so much better. Like, okay. Yeah, you're not very white anymore. Last recording. After the last recording. No, like I was like our followers, you guys know, I got so sick after our last recording. It was horrible. So I'm finally recovering from that. But like, that's my thing. Like, you know, I wanted to quit that recording. Um, you know, that's, that's a huge fear for me. Uh, even when I was starting like, uh, to, to come onto this podcast, I was like, I'm going to finish this through. Like, I'm not going to, you know, quit out. I'm even the days that are hard, even the days that I feel like I don't have something. Um, I'm going to push through on this because, you know, I know that that's something I struggle with. Mm, Absolutely. I agree. Well, um, I think this is kind of a, a good place to end on. I'd rather just let those kind of be what they are. 
um, and just accept yeah. like, yeah, that's reality for us. And, and, and to understand like, this is who we are. Um, so I think this is kind of a good place to end. And, and I hope that this encourages yeah. someone somewhere to kind of look at themselves and say, Hey, in what area am I being prideful or in what way is my arrogance, not just bravado, but actually reflecting some inner sense of self-importance that shouldn't be there. Um, it's okay to be confident in your abilities for sure, but overconfidence is a problem. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening to Absurdity. If you want to subscribe to us, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, any podcatching app. If you do subscribe on iTunes, please leave a review. It really helps us out. It really helps me out as well. Uh, it helps with visibility and a whole host of other things. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback for the show, you can tweet us. I am at Ryan180Becker. And Tony, what's your Twitter? At Tony underscore nobly, A-N-O-B-I-L-E, or just look up the new Dr. Jones. Right. Or you can email me at Ryan or at uh Ryan180Becker at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast. That is how you can donate to us on a monthly basis. There are rewards and and Patreon specific episodes there for you. So go check that out. I appreciate every dollar that comes through. And on next week's show, we have a big announcement that I'm really excited about in relation to finances. So thank you guys so much for listening, for being a part of this journey with us. It doesn't happen without you. Um, And we'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.